Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros Podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Joined again as always uh, with uh, Big Brother. Hello, welcome, welcome again, uh, Big Brother. How are you? I'm doing very well, and you, sir? I'm good as well. So, uh, welcome to episode number thirty-eight of the Two Bros Podcast and episode number three of our uh, segment. What happened this week? And this is obviously. the last week of uh, the god awful year we've had uh, so far i think talk about worst years in history i mean obviously you think about the black plague you think about world wars you think about uh, the great depression maybe but in our current uh, generation the people who are alive 2020 is pretty much right up there as the worst year ever would you agree to that there's not any room to disagree i mm-hmm. mean this is by far the worst year of my existence and i was actually going through a bunch of articles where people have talked about you know the worst years in human history mm-hmm. now there are different you know metrics to tally up worst years in human history of course but uh, this has to rank up there quite agree with you i mean uh, a few more days to go but uh, one uh, silver lining that we had uh, this week is that we survived brother the mayans were proved wrong yet again and i think a, a civilization that couldn't predict its own demise is not really you know doesn't have a lot of standing in predicting uh, future uh, you know uh, uh, civilizations and what happens to them so well mayans bad luck to you and uh, we we carry on and uh, well here we are final week and uh, mind you it's been a remarkable it's been a landmark week for the two bros podcast we have crossed 1000 listens brother Yeah, I know it feels uh, that we just started. Yeah, it feels just like yesterday where this idea popped into our heads and we decided to actually do something about it rather than just you know talk about it. And uh, we uh, went ahead and uh, signed up on Anchor and made our own podcast. And here we are, about two and a half months later, and one thousand listens later. Thank you to all our fans, to all our listeners who have uh, checked us out, and uh, it's your support that uh, you know uh, pushes us forward to make more amazing uh, you know episodes like these for you. And I'm glad. people are uh, you know appreciating this uh this endeavor that we have embarked ourselves on now uh, a a very remarkable and a very eventful uh, time of the year christmas is upon us and uh, the queen getting in on the christmas action as well do you know about this the queen now has a message to her loyal subjects via alexa <laughs> gone are the days where you have to stand by the tall balcony by the royal uh, you know residence and you have to hear the queen's uh, commandments or the queen's uh, sermon so to speak but now the queen the grand queen reaches out to you through your uh, your alexa device how nice is that that is pretty cool and you know uh, this harks back to a couple of weeks ago when taylor swift dropped her second album of the year called evermore mm-hmm. and of course i wanted to listen to it on alexa and uh you know to my pleasant surprise when you say uh, you know alexa play evermore by taylor swift mm-hmm. it is taylor swift that starts talking to you wow i don't know that yeah and and that came out of the blue there was no notification there was no emailer saying check this out etc and that was a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. i think that is what tech is best used for you know to give you that one aha moment during the day and uh, you can go about the rest of the day with a smile on your face So all you have to do is uh, you go to your Alexa device, and all you have to do is uh, say "Play the Queen's Christmas Day message." And uh, well, apparently it's live now. It was live on Christmas Day, so you can hear what the Queen has uh, got to say to you. Very interesting. Very interesting times uh, to be alive. 
So, bro, we've talked about uh, terrible years, but uh, it's not been terrible for everybody. A certain uh, sports personality who's having basically the year of his life is uh, Lewis Hamilton. And uh, this week, he was awarded by BBC as the sports personality of the year. Sum it up for me. I mean, you follow F1. I, I mean, haven't uh, really followed followed F1 since uh, the days of Schumacher and uh, Coulthard. How remarkable has Lewis Hamilton been this uh, this season? You know, so F1. whatever little i followed this decade because of the myriad rule changes and uh, you know essentially it being a race of management rather than driving up to the cars or the tires potential it has led to one or the other team dominating and the rest of the teams just playing catch up mm-hmm. so while i'm not the biggest fan of hamilton you know winning four or five world championships in a decade is a remarkable achievement i would say that f1 as a sport has regressed mm-hmm. so you know fine lewis hamilton is a british personality he's been outspoken for all the other causes that have come up this year but to pick an f1 driver simply because his team is dominating and the rest of the teams are so far behind i mean ferrari have had the worst drought i think for the better part of a decade now mm-hmm. and even red bull they you know maybe they're they're close to mercedes in a race or the other mm-hmm. but they've not come close to posing a title challenge it is it is a bit like juventus in syria mm-hmm. you know or or uh, a bit like psg in the french league so that's been the monotony of f1 Uh, so this one's a bit of a mixed bag for me. Yeah, remember the days of uh, Michael Schumacher? It was a, it was a bit of a three horse race if you remember. This was way back. This was uh, I think it was Michael Schumacher. Michael Schumacher, mind you, you know, uh, a prime uh, Ferrari car and in his prime form was up against David Coulthard and Mika Hakkinen. And what a what a three way battle that used to be. And uh, you know, it was a tussle between uh, podium finishes. And well, this this year it look, kind of looks like Lewis Lewis Hamilton has just. Uh, well if he makes no mistakes it's you know it's the checkered flag for him so you know you never know uh, you know people have really got to step up i guess uh, to uh, you know catch up to him like in next season you know god knows what he's going to do he's already broken schumacher's record for most wins he's not tied for the most uh, titles world titles so maybe next year we can see a brand new record set by uh, you know lewis hamilton now staying on f1 a bit now this is one of the things that i used to think a lot about that in terms of f1 the usage of the fuel that is burned emissions as such it's it's kind of like a waste you're basically seeing which car or which equipment or which device or which driver so to speak is going to be the fastest over a track i mean that's such a waste in a you know in a world where we're talking about emissions and greenhouse gases and blah 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 f1 however has committed towards getting carbon neutrality they're going to look at alternate fuels for their cars sustainable fuels for their cars and uh, get with the program very impressive yeah that sounds good and that's the need of the hour i think everybody needs to embrace sustainability yeah i mean couldn't agree with you more but uh, talking about it, it remains a big challenge i mean it's not just uh, talking the talk of alternative fuel has gone everywhere from you know automobiles to uh, you know deep space exploration everybody is looking at uh, alternative fuels and it's going to be a challenge i mean we have some short term solutions like lng which is available but uh, turns out it's only available for the next 75 years so we still have to keep looking remains a bit of a, a bit, bit of an endeavor to be honest but uh, well human beings are notorious for their uh, you know big ambitions and i'm sure they're going to you know get there and talking of lofty ambitions a team 
is attempting a winter climb of K2 which is obviously the second highest mountain in the world we all know that apparently the winter climb of K2 is more dangerous than the winter climb of Everest now this is as per bbc.com obviously i haven't climbed any mountains ever but uh, and the the where it gets interesting is that they're going to do it without oxygen now that's extreme sport yeah. isn't it that is extreme sport and uh so they're going to start about uh, they probably have already started but they're going to reach uh, k2 by mid mid uh, february uh, you know as per this article we're talking about winds which reach up to 200 kilometers an hour and uh, minus 50 degrees celsius all around and you're talking about 3 months of uh, rigorous uh, you know punishment and a climb in such kind of weathers and extreme uh, condition man i mean I I don't know if I should salute them or worry about them. Where do you draw the line with extreme sports, bro? Well, I'd say it's up to the individual mm-hmm. if uh, they feel like they're up to it, and if they aren't sort of putting anybody else at risk and everybody's in sound mind, I would say go for it. This this ranks up there with uh, Felix Baumgartner's jump from outer space, yeah. uh, or should I say, entry space, mm-hmm. and it also is uh, up there with that parachute less jump straight into the net. Yeah. So, yeah, extreme sports been around, and there are always people who push the envelope. And if K two is this particular envelope, then yeah, so be it. Reminds me of the uh, the stunt that David Blaine pulled off earlier this year that both of us uh, watched the Ascension. What a what a feat that was! Very impressive. And uh, while the ordinary man might not see the need of such an act, but well, it's up to the individual, like you said. And extreme sports are becoming more mainstream. Now, uh, obviously, with the extreme sports come extreme accidents, and you know, uh, you know, uh, bad things can happen. And Uh, a very important personality got uh, really uh, you know got stuck in a, a bit of a predicament to be honest but because he engaged in some extreme sports and a very important personality at this point of the year a paragliding santa claus got stuck in power lines think of the kids bro the kids how they want to get their gifts but eventually the paramedics came in the firefighters came in they detangled the santa claus he was fine put him back on his sleigh and he was off on his way Fantastic news! I mean, happy news all around the world. I mean, just fantastic. We're rescuing Santa Claus in 2020. I mean, there is a silver lining after all. Your comments on this, bro? There is a silver lining indeed. I'm just wondering why is this guy using uh, a paraglider, and is it is it a paraglidey in a Santa Claus costume? Well, what is he trying to do? Well, it could be a high-speed maneuver on the on Santa's sleigh that he kind of came off his sleigh and he kind of like had to deploy his parachute and I don't know what happened there, but Santa is safe. And uh, earlier this year, earlier this week, Dr. Fauci declared uh, Santa is immune to COVID. So I'm guessing the children got their gifts, uh, you know, on time this year. And well done, Santa Claus. And uh, you know, nice to see you bounce back from that uh, terrible, terrible injury. And good to have you back. Now talking about notorious viruses, brother. The COVID outbreak has reached all seven continents, including Antarctica. Now, Antarctica has registered thirty-six people on the Chilean base as COVID positive. There's no escaping this virus at all, no matter what corner of the world you're in. Well, this virus, what what can I say? It has upended our way of life, and uh, it's scary to think that it's reached Antarctica as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, completely. Sad, sad times to live in. 
now i remember earlier we were talking about uh, you know the resilience of the human spirit now in this news on bbcworld.com now this might interest you brother since you're a runner an avid runner i should say there's a man who has now run a marathon in every country in the world how impressive is that <laughs> that is both very impressive and also utterly pointless uh, people <laughs> i would say i've been a part of communities i've you know seen them up close mm-hmm. sometimes you know a singular thing like this running fitness crossfit it could be something positive like this mm-hmm. but it takes over your life to the extent that you mistake it for an addiction you know it's it it becomes as good or as bad as anything anyways mm mm-hmm. and if your raison the yatra or point of being becomes i'm going to first run a half marathon then a marathon i'm going to run a marathon across the six majors you know mm-hmm. boston berlin tokyo etc the six major marathons then it becomes i'm going to run a marathon on every continent then i'm going to run a marathon in every month of the year i'm going to run a marathon in every major city in the on the planet mm-hmm. at what point do you stop and say that you know the reason you took up running was to make a difference and spread a message but if you're doing that by increasing your carbon footprint simply because you can afford to mm-hmm. what is the point in that yeah. fine you're running you know and great you're being you know at this point it becomes less about personal sort of reason to be and more about the collective by taking up running i don't know maybe you subscribe to the collective good but your individual your individualistic you know i would say selfishness mm-hmm. is is uh, putting a footprint on the planet yeah it's a bit of an addiction isn't it and uh, if you read the story it's very interesting the man apparently got shot at he got mugged in some countries and on his uh, last leg which was uh, probably his third or second marathon of the week he developed uh, some kind of a cardiac arrest and had to he finished the marathon mind you he finished it but then he had to be taken to the to the hospital to the emergency room and uh, get treated so yeah bit of a hidden miss there i mean i don't know what to make of it but uh, well yeah i mean great achievement anyway to run 194 marathons anyway in your lifetime is is, is fantastic to be honest another thing that's uh, very fantastic i mean we were talking about alternative fuels earlier this year now we all know that uh, we've basically been staring at the solution to our energy crisis all along since time immemorial which is the sun the answer is nuclear fusion clean energy no radioactivity no emissions no nothing perfect the only drawback is stability however koreans and i'm you know i think the koreans and japanese have got it locked down man i mean they are just an advanced civilization koreans have a thing called the artificial sun that they have been working on all right no these guys they managed to fire up the reactor got it running at 100 million degrees for 20 seconds and then they shut it off we're getting there fusion is going to be a thing and i don't know how mainstream it's going to be if it's going to be production eventually we transmit that electricity to batteries and that's how we run or it's going to get so mainstream that we'll have fusion in a in a cell on top of tables we don't know that yet but fusion clearly the future bro Well, I don't know if it's clearly the future because uh, apparently lithium-ion batteries were the future ten, twelve years ago. Mm. Then it was hydrogen cells, and now it seems to be nuclear fusion. I think the uh, 
policy and uh, the economics of it will be the deciding factor yeah remains to be seen another uh, fusion reactor is being built in uh, like a conglomerate of countries somewhere in i think it's switzerland where they're building the building a fusion reactor right now which is going to get operational in 2024 if my memory serves me right which is going to be interesting so uh, clearly a lot of interest in the field of fusion and uh, i think the best chance we have of uh, you know deep space exploration is using fusion as a propulsion because that the energy that comes out of fusion uh, you know reaction is is just next level you just cannot cannot duplicate it anywhere else now another thing that has been duplicating is the leopard population of india brother apparently the leopards in india are 60% higher compared to the 2014 levels so leopards on the rise in india how fantastic is that that's good news you know conservation programs in india have been doing very well so mm-hmm. it was the tiger the leopard uh, i even remember black buck populations being on the rise the asian white rhino mm-hmm. the uh, of course elephants etc so uh, kudos to all those who are working in conservationism and uh, the government as well apparently there are like some 4000 leopards in your state bro 4000 wow that is that is incredible <laughs> that is incredible now staying on animals for a bit if you if you don't mind uh the photograph of the year now i don't know who this is this is uh, this is article is by bbc.com but i don't know who gave this award this uh, picture of the year has gone to this one photographer who has pictured two penguins who are apparently consoling each other now both of these obviously we know penguins are made for life both of these penguins apparently lost their uh, you know respective partners earlier the, in the year to some freak accident or whatever and this picture has been taken of these two penguins just sort of having their flippers around each other and i'm going to show you this picture bro see if you can make out what you can of this it's basically like a half bro hug that these penguins are kind of into with each other clearly you know a sentimental moment and a beautiful moment captured uh, by this photographer well done sir and uh, well animals we all know how compassionate they can be like fantastic picture again if you have seen it more than human beings for sure well yeah i mean human beings are all about that social distancing at the moment so no bro hugs here for us but uh, yeah hopefully in the next uh, few months well the the vaccines come out and become more mainstream we will be all about them uh, hugs again let's see let's see what happens now talking about things to look forward to some new car launches uh, in january 2021 in india by autocar magazine very interesting stuff now i want your take on uh, these cars because i mean not not very impressed not a very impressive lineup obviously there's not all the cars they're the main the big hitters the audi a4 facelift is one the bmw 3 series uh, the jeep compass facelift well it looks pretty much the same to me there's no facelift here the mg hector facelift still the same doesn't look any difference the tata altros turbo the tata gravitas Toyota Fortuna facelift again similar looking uh, car what's the deal with facelifts i mean what is the attraction and why do people end up buying these cars with a facelift what is talk to me about this what do you what is your point on this what do you what is your take on this uh so auto is a category that works uh on newness mm-hmm. and uh, you know like i said humans after food water and shelter the fundamental need is mobility and you know cars are the most i think short of houses they are the biggest asset that you invested in. mm-hmm. 
So, uh, if in a product lifecycle, after a few years, you know, other new cars or new launches sort of start making more news, then sales shift towards those. So, you have to sort of constantly refresh your product. Now, it is very expensive to work on a platform, you know, a chassis and an engine every two years. So, that is why I think every 18 months or so, somebody does a facelift, which is essentially cosmetic upgrades, mm-hmm. the way it looks, or it'll be a new engine or a new variant. And three or four years later, the platform has changed. So that's what it is. Now, the, the list that you went through, mm-hmm. it is unremarkable. Yeah. I agree. Uh, there's no earth-shattering launcher. Um, so all in all, make of it what you will. But uh, all in all, seems to be a rather tepid list. Well, if rumors are to be uh, believed, uh, I read something somewhere today that the Tesla Model 3 is coming to India in 2021. Obviously, the rumors... Elon Musk has not said anything about uh, you know extending uh, his cars towards India because obviously the the import duty is uh, next level. We all know that it's uh, it's quite ridiculous. Now <clears throat> staying on cars a bit, we all know like uh, a bunch of uh, programs, a bunch of companies, a big heavy hitters have gotten into the self driving game. We know Google is uh, trying to do something. We know Elon Musk has been after it for a while. Apparently, App- Apple have been at it for some time as well. Now. The schedule was for Apple to launch their self-driving slash battery-operated car by 2024. However, that has been pushed forward to the third quarter of 2021. We could see an Apple car as early as next year. Maybe this time next year. We don't know. Well, we know that Apple CarPlay at least will be free in that car. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe they'll find a way to charge subscription even for that. But on the on the most serious side, you know, this is the future of transportation. When you're commuting, mm-hmm. you will be in an autonomous car doing your own thing. Because commuting and driving while you're commuting is not pleasurable at all. Yep. And then there will be, let's say, roads, circuits, places where you can actually drive recreationally. And that will be the future. You know, you'll have performance cars for recreational driving Mm -hmm. in closed or let's say sanitized environments and for commute you will have ordinary self-driving cars and i look forward to this future but i would hope the future would have more of working from home where people don't even have to commute but everything is around you and we live in uh, the newer condominiums and the communities which are coming up have everything around them right there the you know the need to travel to a city center or a hub is, uh, is diminishing, obviously, in newer cities, but older cities with the old infrastructure are still bound by their, uh, you know, physicality of uh, the structures. But I would I would really think, because one thing this uh, pandemic has proved for us is that working from home is a very, very real possibility. And I think this needs to be explored more. I mean, not so much in my case where I physically have to be on a ship, but there are so many other professions where people can work from home. And the more I speak to people, they're real, they're, I mean, the more I understand... That productivity hasn't dropped. The work rate hasn't dropped. Maybe you miss a few communication, you know, you miss a few points across Zoom calls here and there. It's a bit uh, cumbersome. But with the advent of 5G, which is already in circulation, clearly things are going to get better. Don't you think so? Well, I agree. It's got to be a mix and match of the two. I do miss uh, the social interaction. And, you know, just the act of going out of the house and grooming and, you know, presenting yourself. I think that act is very important. Mm -hmm. So I do think it should be a mix. Maybe five-day weeks are not here to stay. 
maybe a few days a week you go to the office but i do feel stepping out of the house prepped and ready mm-hmm. is very important and uh, you miss that aspect i did well isn't it a mental thing with the advent of vr if you can just simulate the outside world within your living room do you really need to step out because technically you did step out well <laughs> social interaction is what makes us human mm-hmm. i'll leave it at that well take it from a guy who's been on a ship i don't i'm okay with it i don't really feel the need to step out maybe it's just the 10 years of sailing that i've done that have made me this way but anyway we remain we let the future be in the hands of more capable people we are only here as a mere podcast host right now we don't know anything uh and another thing we don't know is uh the earnings you can make from youtube brother this is actually a career now well it's been a career for like a decade now but apparently it's a career for kids 9 year old Ryan Kaji is Forbes's highest paid YouTuber earning over 29 million dollars this year. This kid he reviews toys and games on his YouTube channel Ryan's World which has 40 million subscribers. If you're a 9 year old with 29 million dollars in the bank, what do you even do? Do you go to school? What? Well, I don't know. Uh, I read about this, and I work in the industry a fair bit. So, uh, the the second part of this article is actually federal authorities are, uh, you know, checking this out to see if this is actually advertising. Mm-hmm. Because if looking at a particular piece of content, young kids are asking their parents, "Why is it that their lives are not like Ryan Kaji's?" Then it constitutes a form of conditioning. Mm-hmm. and it goes against uh, advertisement principles of not uh, advertising specifically to young kids so clearly uh, the truth is somewhere in the middle this needs to be regulated in some way mm-hmm. i think uh, 24 25 million dollars for a 9 year old reviewing toys is ridiculous anyway i mean uh, but then again maybe we are just bitter old folk who <laughs> are you know unhappy that we missed the bus yeah so kudos to ryan and his parents uh, at monetizing the youtube opportunity uh, i don't know what that says of the human race if mm-hmm. they are giving 12 billion views to a 9 year old yeah and uh, i'm pretty sure that 12 billion views multiplied by let's say 5 minutes on mm-hmm. an average i'm pretty sure those 60 billion minutes could have been spent elsewhere but like i said who are we to like you said actually who mm-hmm. are we to judge yeah i mean this is a you know the modern day advertising so to speak and i was on a youtube another famous youtube channel earlier this year i'm sure you've heard of this person bro she's called supercar blonde you know about her i'm not no supercar blonde is a woman and she's blonde and she reviews supercars for a living well <laughs> this whole social media business exploded so fast and you know one's got to be bitter <laughs> one did not see this coming mm-hmm. kudos to all of those who stuck it out through the initial you know few years of people saying what is it that you do for a living mm-hmm. i reckon those are the guys who are laughing all the way to the bank mm-hmm. uh kudos to them i say well done sir and well done ma'am Well I tell you what I I stuck around and I wanted to see what Supaga Blondie is all about and I wanted to see if this channel actually you know gives me the information I want now she did a reveal a Supaga reveal 
where apparently it was a birthday gift or a whatever gift it was a car wrapped in a cover with a big giant red bow on it and i wanted to see what supercar blondie had to say about the car in particular it was a mclaren 650s and uh, the point she initially the point she made was that she had the option between the lambo huracan or a mercedes amg or a bunch of other cars but the reason why she stuck with the mclaren 650s is because it had gullwing doors and she said this has 700-ish horsepower and uh, for me that was like you know it's not precise enough they're clearly guys who know what they're talking about people who know what they're talking about when it comes to cars i would say they are much better reviewers but if you want to see a woman driving uh, fast cars and doing donuts i don't know that's probably the channel for you but i don't get it but uh, like they were early to the to the youtube game we brother early to the podcast game because podcasts in india have not taken off so maybe we'll be uh, multi millionaires uh, in a few years to come who knows who knows brother you don't know that well it's clearly a passion <laughs> project for the two of us uh-huh. i don't know if podcasts are going to be the next big thing but uh, you know youtube uh, creators and uh, instagram people everybody's got a niche mm-hmm. and there is a content for uh, you know vicarious living yep. that essentially is what it is uh, through your screen you're able to experience a few moments of somebody else's life uh the pros and cons of this have been i think bashed to infinity and beyond mm-hmm. uh that's what it is so if you want to see a guy doing ballet or a woman driving supercars i say more power to these people who are uh, you know flattening the stereotypes mm-hmm. so eventually i don't know if vicarious content is going to go out but if you look back at television and see how reality tv proliferated and stayed top for the better part of 40 50 years yeah it's not going to go away mm-hmm. so if you find your niche and you stick to it chances are you'll do well if of course that niche has substantial amount of eyeballs well uh, from what i read supercar blondie earns about 6.4 million dollars from youtube alone every single instagram post is for 20000 that's the kind of dough you want to make and if that makes you want to scream and shout nicolas cage is here to help you out he's out with his uh, new netflix uh, feature called the history of swear words where he sits in front of uh, you with a book and he talks about the history of swear words and it begins with him shouting the f word in front of you and that's where he takes you off on a journey i haven't seen it sounds very interesting nicolas cage always a likable actor i mean uh, i think the first nicolas cage movie we saw was con air i mean fantastic movie like talk about that Then of even course, today, even, even today, today, it is one of the best action movies that we could have seen. And then you know, you it, the hits keep on coming. The Rock, gone in sixty seconds, man, that was timeless. I mean, even now you can sit back and watch Gone in sixty seconds. You know, it's fantastic. What a movie that is! So if you're a cage head, you can check that out. He's on Netflix. Even in India, in fact, he's on Netflix. You can check that out. But. Uh, talk about uh, swear words i think uh, this particular machine would have learned some swear words apparently bro and this is an article by popular science magazine astronomers made one robot count the number of craters in the moon one after the other and the final number was about 100000 craters imagine counting from one Two hundred thousand. How many times would you swear in the middle if that was your job and there's nothing you can do about it? 
Poor robot. I think this is where uh, the, the fight uprising. for rights of robots begins. I think that's yeah. where the uprising begins. The robots have had enough of their mundane jobs. And that's it. I'm talking about another, you know, mundane and weird kind of... It's not mundane at all. It's weird news. And uh, news that affects women in general. Now, brother, it's very interesting news. Bumble, the popular dating app now, gone are the days of Tinder and Coffee Meets Bagel and Plenty of Fish and Truly Madly and OkCupid. Okay Bumble is taking mainstream uh, center stage now. However, Bumble has banned swimwear photographs for women if they are taken indoors. So if you're wearing a swimwear and flaunting it on Bumble indoors, Bumble's going to cancel your account or maybe block your account for a while. But if you wear your swimwear outside, Bumble's okay with it. Well, <laughs> I have no words. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of a year, it's been that kind of a year. Weird news is all around us. And for the final installment of weird news, if, you have, if you'll indulge me. A man and his dog were the reason for the cancellation of a league match in Leicestershire. Because his unruly dog would just not behave. Any player who would go by the sideline, he would start barking at him. The man could not control him. He would refuse to leave. So they called the match off after 74 minutes. Well, <laughs> what, what else can I say except that uh, maybe the match wasn't interesting enough. Maybe it was. Maybe it was chasing the ball around. But uh, clearly, dogs are the problem here. And uh, everybody who knows me and uh, you know knows the Two Bros podcast, we're all cat heads here. We love cats. A cat would not cause such a problem. In fact, a cat invaded the pitch. I think it was a Champions League match where this cat invaded the pitch and it was harmlessly picked up and uh, it made for a very adorable... I think it was Anfield. And there was, an, there was a Twitter account later that became Anfield Cat and it had like a million followers. Not a million, maybe 100,000 followers right away. So it was adorable. But a dog and an Alsatian, mind you, an attack dog, completely uh, ruined the game for everybody. And uh, the game had to be called off. So, well... Weird news all around us, as always. Uh, we got a few more days to survive this uh, dreadful year. But uh, looks like we got to make it. If, you know, the Mayans were completely wrong about it. Unless the Mayans meant uh, that we, we would be dead inside. In that case, they probably got it right. So a few more days to go. 2021 is upon us. And uh, big hopes, big hopes. Talk about the most hyped year and the most anticipated year in human existence. 2021, a lot to live up to. People hoping for a turnaround. No more of these lockdowns and, you know, getting stranded and, uh, you know, working from home in your pajamas and your tuxedo. Gone are the days. People are sick of that. People want to go out. People want to hug each other. People want to go on trips. They want to drink tequila on the beach and get wasted and not remember where they were. People are sick of masks. People are sick of 2020. People are sick of not knowing when this thing is going to be over. It's been that kind of a year. And, uh, well, hopefully, in a few days, this will all be over very soon. So, brother... Thank you for your for your time and your your last words for 2020. Hopefully, I mean, I think uh, this is probably going to be our last segment and uh, the next week we're going to do next week, which is going to be in the next year. So your, your final thoughts on uh, this year, to sum it up, give it up, sum it up for me in a few words. Well, 2020 is going to be remembered as the year of the pandemic. And that's unfortunate because a lot of other things happened this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, from uh, really famous and talented people passing away, and, uh, you know, the economy going down and then up and uh, Brexit and a U.S. election. Mm-hmm. I think this will be known as the year of the virus. And uh, I got to say it, nobody saw it coming. Yep. 
but uh, 10 months into this lockdown phase semi lockdown at least the the era of the virus i don't know if even when things go back to normal would be be pre virus normal so yep you're right 2021 very anticipated uh, looked forward to year mm-hmm. but i dare say humanity has changed Indeed it has. For the better, for the worse, remains to be seen. Brother, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this episode and uh, see you in the next year and see you in the next episode. 